Hi, I'm Mel Todd Wood. At CD Media, we've decided never to have a paywall on any of our sites. I hate those. But we have to make money, so we do have advertisements. But some people don't like ads. So what can you do? You can sign up for our no-ad subscription. It's a few bucks a month. You go to the top of any of our sites and sign up for the subscription, and you get access to all of our websites, all of the news from around the world. This includes our Eastern European, Israeli, Balkan sites. It includes armedforces.press. It includes all the U.S. papers that we've opened, the Miami Independent, the Connecticut Sentinel, the Georgia Record, the Manhattan.press, and the, those that are yet to come in the pipeline, which we'll be opening soon. So you get all this access to fantastic news from around the world with no ads, no display ads, no pop-up ads. I think you'll love it. Please check us out. It helps support CD media, independent media, and basically confronting the propaganda that's being put out by the corporate media. Thank you. Now let's get to our guest. So today in American Conversations, we want to introduce you to another person who is standing up against quarantines in the United States, Assemblyman Mike Lawler, who is from New York. Assemblyman, welcome to the show. Thanks, Christine. Appreciate it. So which there were there were a couple of teams uh, when we found out that uh, the current governor who's up for election, Kathy Hochul, was uh, through the regulatory system because it didn't work legislatively, decided that she wanted to insert a regulation that had no due process to become regulation, to become a regulation in New York where people could be taken out of their homes if somebody decided that they were, you know, that they, they there was some communal disease and there was no due process. Now, my understanding is Bobby Cox, uh, decided to do the research on it. Then there was a team of assemblymen who joined the lawsuit. Then they threw it up to the federal court to delay it. There is a judge uh, in the Western District of New York who helped Bobby bring it back to the state court. And then there were three of you that filed an amicus brief. Which team were you on, the amicus brief or the original complaint? No, I'm part of the original complaint. Uh, it was me and two of my legislative colleagues, George Borello and Chris Taig, uh, who brought the original lawsuit with Bobby Ann. Thank you for doing that. I mean, seriously, on, on behalf of America, thank you for doing it. Because when I first heard about this suit, I thought to myself, this is really crazy that anybody thinks that this is okay. But it's, right. even, it's even crazier when you guys won in the state court and then Latisa James, the uh, AG of New York, and Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, who are both up for re-election, decided to file a, uh, a piece of paper. It's not the it's not the appellate brief, but file a piece of paper saying that they, in fact, were going to appeal this. Obviously, not before the November. Uh, we don't it, know where this is going. It's amazing. You know, they got. Uh, handed a, a major defeat in court. The courts ruled it unconstitutional. Uh, they're violating the separation of uh, powers between the legislative branch and the executive branch. Um, and they see nothing wrong with it. And uh, it's really quite remarkable, uh, given the overreach uh, that occurred during the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, and the executive branch assuming more powers for itself. Um, you know, Kathy Hochul uh, has, has proven herself uh, to be Andrew Cuomo 2.0, uh, trying to seize more control and more power for the executive branch uh, and really limiting individual freedoms and liberties. And, you know, we felt 
as as legislators that it was critically important on two fronts to file this lawsuit. Uh, one, obviously, the separation of powers and uh, to, to prevent the executive branch from seizing legislative authority. Uh, but two, uh, to protect individuals uh, and their personal freedoms uh, and their rights uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, the decisions that they want to make with respect to uh, their health care choices. And so, you know, this was critically important. And I think the court uh, made the right decision. Uh, I think it's shameful that Tish James and Kathy Hochul are still uh, appealing this decision rather than accept uh, the rule of law. Um, and, you know, the only way we're going to be able to stop this is to defeat Kathy Hochul uh, and Tish James on Election Day. Uh, because they they continue to prove themselves uh, to to want to seize more power for the executive branch and take away legislative authority. Were you in the courtroom that day when the judge asked the government's attorney, so if somebody gets picked up, they go away. We don't know where they are. There's no due process. How do they get out? And the, the government lawyer, as my understanding, said, well, I guess they'd have to hire an attorney. I was not in the courtroom for any of the proceedings, um, but that's that's the problem. Um, they see nothing wrong with taking away due process uh, and and physically quarantining someone, removing them from their home and quarantining them in an undisclosed government location. Um, and they don't see anything wrong with that. And, and it's really quite uh, shameful. And I think the the government's response to that question by the court uh, speaks volumes and should make everyone concerned um, that the governor uh, tried to do this uh, without legislative uh, approval or oversight and tried to do this through the Department of Health um, and and use the department and the agency to create a regulation uh, that obviously was unconstitutional. And, and my understanding is that the current ambassador to Jamaica, who had been uh, been in the assembly Nick for Perry, Nick Perry. 30 years, uh, Biden just appointed him as the ambassador to Jamaica. Since 2015, he tried to, he, he introduced this bill repeatedly, and no, neither Republicans or Democrats joined hands and, and supported it whatsoever. He he is so Nick Perry, uh, former assemblyman, now the ambassador to Jamaica, uh, had introduced this bill when the Ebola crisis uh, broke out. Mm -hmm. um, and when I took office on January 1st, 2021, this was the first bill that I that I heard of. I had people reaching out to my office about a 416 and and demanding that I don't vote for it. And I had no idea what the bill was. So I, you know, I went on the website, I looked it up, A416, and it's talking about, you know, physical, physically quarantining people, uh, removing them from their homes. And, you know, so obviously my, my uh, first reaction was, of course, I'm not going to support this bill. Um, you know, but also it had not come up for a vote. And from all my conversations, it was never coming up for a vote in the legislature. And so I felt comfortable that obviously uh, that this bill was not going to see the light of day and that, you know, if it if it was going to make its way through the legislative process, that we would obviously oppose it uh, loudly and clearly and, and make sure that people understood what was going on. Well, 
obviously, you know, we were able to to stop that from taking effect. And I even spoke to Nick Perry about it, you know, at, at, at one point. And he said, look, the bill was not put in based on COVID. It had to do with Ebola. And, you know, he kind of begged off it. But uh, come to find out, you know, Kathy Hochul uh, tried to, to enact this legislation uh, administratively. And so that's why we immediately, when Bobby Ann reached out to us, uh, the, the three of us jumped on the opportunity to, to file this lawsuit uh, because, you know, number one, I had committed that I would, would do everything I could to stop it from taking effect. But number two, uh, obviously, the governor was overstepping her authority. What was what was Perry's reaction about overstepping the authority, even though he put it in there in 2015 during Ebola? Does he have any intellectual justification or is it just vacuous argument? Uh, I, you know, we didn't get too deep into the weeds on that as to why, you know, from a, from a legal standpoint, whether or not he thought it was the right thing. Obviously he put the bill in, so he felt it was uh, a good enough piece of legislation to put forward. But, uh, you know, while he was going through his, uh, uh, confirmation process for, uh, ambassador to Jamaica, he removed the bill. Uh, the bill was removed, uh, and, and killed. So, you know, the bill doesn't exist anymore uh, legislatively. Um, and I, I, I would I would think most of my colleagues uh, would would uh, understand that it really should not see the light of day again. Uh, but, you know, the governor obviously saw it saw it differently. And um, I think voters should know that, you know, I, when when we won the uh, the, the court decision, uh, you know, I posted about it and I had some people responding, oh, this isn't true. You know, this didn't happen. And I'm like saying, well, you may think it's not true, but the court just ruled on it. So it, uh, it absolutely happened. And, and the governor was uh, fundamentally wrong in, in her efforts and, and the court found it that way. And so was the leading law enforcement official of the state of New York. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's, it's really baffling to me. Uh, that someone who is tasked with upholding the state constitution and the constitution of the United States and upholding the laws of the state of New York uh, just refuses to accept uh, that, in fact, uh, this effort by the governor was clearly in violation of the constitution uh, and she does not have this authority uh, and and has doubled down on it. And, and I think it speaks volumes to Tish James's ability to administer and uphold the law. So now, Assemblyman, you are running for the U.S. Congress. You, tell me your district, because it was 17, it was 18, now it's 17, the gerrymandering's involved. So, I mean, wh what's the number? What district are you running? So I, I'm running in 17. Uh, I've always lived in 17 uh, uh, currently. Uh, Sean Patrick Maloney, my opponent, currently represents the 18th district. He's now running in the 17th against me. Uh, the district. Where does, is he, where does he live? He lives in Putnam County. So the district is all of Rockland County, everything north of the Tappan Zee Bridge in Westchester, all of Putnam County and three mm -hmm. towns in Dutchess County. So and does he live in 18 or 17? No, he lives in the newly drawn 17th. Okay. Um, but he only represents about 25% of this district. 75% uh, of his current district is in the newly drawn 18th. So... You know, he he obviously uh, thought this would be an easier race. Uh, but as The New York Times uh, reported today, 
you know, internal polls on both sides have us in a dead heat. Um, you know, Real Clear Politics uh, has labeled this district a toss up. So I feel very good about it. We're up four points in our most recent poll. Uh, the NRCC and CLF are, are fully in support of me in this district. Uh, so far, they, they've spent, uh, you know, committed to about $2.8 million. Uh, I've raised just under a million dollars. Uh, and if people want to support us, they should go to firemaloney.com. That's firemaloney.com. Uh, we have a great opportunity to take out the chair of the DCCC and end Nancy Pelosi's reign as speaker once and for all. So let me ask you, what are the issues in, in your race? I mean, is your opponent talking about what you successfully did for the, the citizens of New York statewide? Or is he just is he debated you? No, we're, we actually have a debate scheduled uh, this week, uh, but he he is focused solely on Donald Trump and, and abortion. Uh, he has nothing of substance to talk about. Um, you know, he can't defend uh, his record. He's voted 100 percent of the time with Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden. Uh, he, as chair of the DCCC, has uh, focused entirely his efforts on uh, raising money for the Democrats and reelecting radicals like AOC and Ilan Omar and Jamal Bowman. Uh, and he's not focused on the issues that matter to people. Right now, we're dealing with a 41 year high in inflation, surging crime. Uh, skyrocketing gas prices. You go to the grocery store. Uh, my wife went the other day. She was paying $6 for a gallon of milk, $4.50 for a carton of eggs, you know, $16 for a package of chicken cutlets. So you look at, you know, people are right. struggling. And Sean Patrick Maloney, uh, just this last week, was off gallivanting around the globe, uh, raising money in Paris and, and Geneva and London, um, you know, while I was out knocking on doors in the rain and talking to voters in the district. Who's, uh, but you can't raise money from foreigners. Who's, who's he raising money for? Americans, Americans abroad. Is abroad? Yeah. Yep. Americans abroad. You know, um, so what do you, what do you think um, his weaknesses are? Because you're coming up from behind with him. Yeah, listen, he like I said, he's voted 100 percent for the policies uh, that have been enacted that have created the mess that we're in uh, financially. Uh, he said that enacting cashless bail was his top priority. Uh, we've seen what's happened since cashless bail was enacted. Forty uh, percent of those released on non-monetary bail have been rearrested while those charges are pending. Crime mm -hmm. is up 36 percent in New York City. So we're we're seeing, uh, you know, the the results of his policy decisions and one party rule uh, in Washington, Albany and New York City. And it's a disaster. And I think voters uh, across my district certainly recognize that. Uh, and they're looking for balance. They want uh, common sense policies to be implemented. Uh, and Sean Patrick Maloney doesn't represent that. Uh, unfortunately, he has gone so far to the left uh, over, over the last uh, decade that he's been down in Washington, D.C., uh, that he forgot about the people that elected him there in the first place. Well, Assemblyman Lawler, I hope the next time I talk to you, you are Congressman Lawler. Thank and you so thank, much. And again, th as an American, not as a journalist, thank you for stepping up to the plate to stop quarantines, because if it if it had stayed as law in New York, and I know that, you know, this isn't over because of the appeal, but, you know, once it passes in New York, then we get California or something happens in California, then we get New York. It's the state precedents that are in motion, even though, you know, President Biden has said that 
you know, the pandemic's over. It's not over. It's not over. And we have to keep our eye on the ball. It's not what somebody says. It's what's happening behind the scenes. So thank you again. And and good luck to you in your race. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.